Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time each day. And for those of y'all that continue to tell other people about the podcast and share it either online or in person, uh, I'm very grateful for that. The more people y'all tell, the better the podcast does. And hopefully, if I'm doing this even a little bit right, it helps us all as individuals and helps our country just a little bit. So thank y'all so much. We're going to go for one of our little walks today. And there is no one that is coming out in this heat. It is oppressive, to say the least, even even early in the morning, middle of the day, afternoon. It's just hot and dry here. Man, it's dry. Uh, haven't seen any more snakes, so I don't have any update on the snake saga. Um, not much else. One of my girls made cake balls today, like you get it. Starbucks or some of these little bakeries. I don't know why I mentioned that other than it was just interesting. I've never made those before. Did a pretty good job. And oh, my wife has started to go through the school list that I'm sure so many of y'all get, uh, which is interesting. We were talking about it and this is not unique to any particular school. Well, this is across the board, right? But you pay all this money, whether you're Public school, everybody pays. Well, no, that's not true. But a lot of people pay to send their kids there. And then private school, you pay, whatever it is. But then you get all these extra requirements about what you need for school. And it's just shocking. You're paying for school, and then you're paying again for supplies to go to school. And we just noticed it a little bit more this year because... Everything's more expensive. Gas is more expensive to get to the store. Food is more expensive at the store. School supplies are more expensive just across the board. And so that's my little tidbit for the day. All right, we'll get going. We are going to go back to the Jonathan Mayhew sermon uh, from 1750. And we're going to talk about it from a couple different angles. Three, to be precise. And so we'll just get into it. The first thing, and this is from the first couple pages of his sermon, uh, is the duty of all Christians to inform themselves. What does he mean by that? Well, let me find him. And this, this sermon was titled Concerning Unlimited Submission and Non-Resistance to the Higher Powers. And I'll get into that a little bit more in the second point. It is evident, and this is from Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. That's what he based this sermon on. It is evident that the affair of civil government may properly fall under a moral and religious consideration, at least so far forth as it relates to the general nature and end of magistracy 
and to the grounds and extent of that submission which persons of a private character ought to yield to those who are vested with authority. This must be allowed by all who acknowledge the divine original of Christianity. For although there be a sense, and a very plain and important sense, in which Christ's kingdom is not of this world, his inspired apostles have, nevertheless, laid down some general principles concerning the office of civil rulers and the duty of subjects, together with reason and obligation of that duty. And from hence it follows that it is proper for all who acknowledge the authority of Jesus Christ and the inspiration of his apostles to endeavor to understand what is in fact the doctrine which they have delivered concerning this matter. It is the duty of Christian magistrates to inform themselves what it is which their religion teaches concerning the nature and design of their office. And it is equally the duty of all Christian people to inform themselves what it is which their religion teaches concerning that subjugation which they owe to higher powers. So Mayhew in this sermon is talking about, and I'm just doing a few brief excerpts today, folks. This is at least on my phone, I think somewhere around 70 something pages. So we're just going to talk about a few. But he's talking about the responsibility. So I personally claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, he died for my sins. He rose from the, th from the third day from the grave, ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Uh, and thence he shall judge, come to judge the quick and the dead, right? Um, so I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son. And that's where I put all my hope. So as such, I have a responsibility to know what God says about certain things. And the, the way we know primarily is going to his word. And so a lot of times you hear and have heard for decades a lot of Christians say, and we talked about this recently, say, hey, uh, we're not of this world, right? So I'm just going to let this world do what it does, and I'm going to go on about my business. Well, that's we're going to find out. We're going to talk about that. Is that really the right the right way? And, and Mayhew here, and he argues pretty well throughout the sermon, is saying, no, if you're a Christian, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a responsibility to understand your roles in submission to government authority, civil authority, the higher powers, he calls it. And those Christians who are leaders also have a responsibility to understand their role, the authority that God gives to them. And so we need to make sure that we put a good deal of time, folks, in understanding what our roles and responsibilities are as Christians. And I'm sorry to say that we haven't been doing a very good job of this. Uh, when we attack it often, it's from a secular point of view, if we attack it at all. And then we look at, look at the amount of time we give to, and I keep harping on this, folks, because it's vastly important. How much time do we give to our phones? How much time do we give to Netflix? to Hulu, to Amazon Prime, to shopping, to uh, athletic events for our children, right? How much time do we give to all these things versus how much time do we give to God and understanding his, the roles and responsibilities that he's laid out for us? And we always talk about this because it's so important to our nation, our nation marriages. How much time are we spending? And the idea that you don't have time is just a lie. It's a lie we tell ourselves, oh, I'm so busy. 
No, you're not. We're not. I'm not. We just want to do what we want to do. But then we want everything to magically work out on its own. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, and I will say this, if we really, really, and there's very few that this is true of, but if we really don't have the time, then probably ought to make a, some changes in our life. So I'm going to pull another excerpt from the 100 Bible Verses That Made America. I've used this recently, talked to you all about it. It's a pretty good book, uh, Morgan. I don't use it that often, although I have used it, as I said, a couple times frequent, recently. Uh, but read a little excerpt. This is about the Mayhew Sermon. It gives you a little background on it. On January 30th, 1750, Mayhew stood in the pulpit of Boston's Old West Church and preached on the occasion of the 101st anniversary of the execution of King Charles I. His message from Romans 13, titled A Discourse Concerning Unlimited Submission and Non-Resistance to Higher Powers, became the most famous sermon preached in pre-revolutionary America. I think I said Romans 8 a while ago. Romans 13, I apologize. When published, Mayhew's sermon spread like electricity through the colonies. John Adams, 14 at the time, read it over and over, till the substance of it was incorporated into my nature and indelibly engraved on my memory. Adams later called Mayhew's sermon the catechism, catechism sorry, for the American Revolution. Others have called it the first volley of the American Revolution setting forth the intellectual and scriptural justification for rebellion against the crown. In his sermon, Mayhew avowed that Paul's command to be subject to governing authorities did not imply blanket submission to tyrants. Based on his understanding of Romans 13, we are to be under the authority of the government, but the government itself is to respect the higher authority of God. When a government exercises power apart from God's oversight, we have an obligation to resist. Mayhew put it like this. Romans 13 urges the duty of obedience from this topic of argument that civil rulers, as they are supposed to, fill, to fulfill the pleasure of God, are the ordinance of God. But how is this an argument for obedience to such rulers as do not perform the pleasure of God? By doing good, but the pleasure of the devil by doing evil. And such as are not, therefore, God's ministers, but the devil's. Common tyrants and public oppressors are not entitled to obedience from their subjects by virtue of anything here laid down by the inspired apostle. When once the magistrates act contrary to their office, when they rob and ruin the public instead of being guardians of its peace and welfare, they immediately, immediately cease to be the ordinance and ministers of God and no more deserve that glorious character than common pirates and highwaymen. Mayhew died at only 46, but his published sermons were papers that kindled the fires of the American Revolution, which erupted 10 years to the week after his death. So what are we, Mayhew, saying here that we have a responsibility to resist evil? We have a responsibility as Christians to resist uh, men and women in government, government as a whole, when it goes against the teachings of God, that, that we no longer fall under this Romans 13 submission to civil authority. 
when those leaders are going directly against God. So you look today at the left. You look at the fact that they've kicked God out of our institutions for the last 80 years plus. So, so they're, they're literally kicking God out of public institution. I mean, it's hard to imagine how to go more against God. Uh, then abortion, which is uh, just reading through the Psalms recently, is one of the things uh, that got the Israelites in trouble so often is when they offered up their own sons and daughters, uh, slaughtered their own sons and daughters. Well, that's exactly what we've been doing for the last 50 plus years. You talk about LGBTQ relationships. Right. You talk about feminism and the twisting of roles and responsibilities for men and women. All of these things go directly against God's commands that are that are blatantly obvious in the New Testament. If we read it and if we you know, actually spend some time in it. And so Mayhew is saying here again, this 1750, he's saying, look, we have no responsibility to obey the authority of a government. That goes against God. In fact, we have responsibility to go against that, to resist it. So the last point here is why? What happens if we don't resist this tyranny? And we're going to go back to the preface of Mayhew's sermon here. A spirit of domination is always to be guarded against, both in church and state, even in times of the greatest security such as the present is among us, at least as to the latter. Those nations who are now groaning under the iron scepter of tyranny were once free. So they might, probably, have remained by a seasonable caution against despotic measures. Civil tyranny is usually small in its beginning, like the drop of a bucket, Till at length, like a mighty torrent or, a raging, or the raging waves of the sea, it bears down all before it and deluges whole countries and empires. Thus, it is as to ecclesiastical tyranny also, the most cruel, intolerable, and impious of any. From small beginnings, it exalts itself above all that is called God and that is worshipped. People have no security against being unmercifully priest-ridden but by keeping all imperious bishops and other clergymen who love to lord it over God's heritage from getting their foot into the stirrup at all. So he's saying there's a huge point. These, a lot of these countries we see around the world, folks, they, they had, at some point in their history, they had the opportunity to be free, and they lost it. And there's a quote by Adams or Franklin, I think, that said, freedom or liberty once lost is lost forever. And I think really what they meant there is that without a horrific bill to be paid in blood, a fight, which is what we're heading toward now, once you lose liberty, the only way to get it back is, is to fight. Uh, otherwise, it's gone forever. You'll never get it back. You'll never be able to vote yourself. And I think that's the mistake a lot of us have fallen into over the last few decades. And I think for a large part, we still are. We we think that we can go to the ballot box and vote ourselves out of this. and. And A, we haven't done it up till now, so why would we suddenly start to do it? We might, but that seems kind of strange. And then B, even if we are waking up, which is hopeful, and, and maybe we are, uh, even if we go to the ballot box, is it going to turn around? 
do we have enough anymore? Right. So just just a couple of thoughts. Go back to Mayhew's sermon. Tyranny brings ignorance and brutality along with it. It degrades men from their just rank into the class of brutes. It damps their spirits. It suppresses arts. It extinguishes every spark of noble ardor and generosity in the breasts of those who are enslaved by it. It makes naturally strong and great minds feeble and little, and triumphs over the ruins of virtue and humanity. This is true of tyranny in every shape. There can be nothing great and good where its influence reaches, for which reason it becomes every friend to truth and humankind, every lover of God and the Christian religion, to bear a part in opposing this hateful monster. It was a desire to contribute a might towards carrying on a war against this common enemy that produced the following discourse. And if it serve in any measure to keep up a spirit of civil and religious liberty among us, my end is answered. There are virtuous and candid men in all sects. All such are to be esteemed. There are also vicious men and bigots in all sects. And all such ought to be despised. He ends with a part of a poem by Pope, Alexander Pope, who was a British poet, I believe, if I've got that right. To virtue only and her friends, a friend, the world beside may murmur or commend. Know all the distant din that world can keep rolls over my grotto but and but soothes my sleep. Uh, so back to the last couple lines. Um, these lines have struck me for quite a while on this podcast because I feel this way. He said, it's a desire just to contribute a might towards carrying on a war against this common enemy, tyranny, that produced the following discourse. And, and that's why I do this podcast, folks. If it helps just even just a little bit turn us around individually and as a nation back to God, uh, then, then that's, that's it. That's, it's done its job, right? Um, if it helps us turn back to God at all as individuals and as a nation, then that's all I'm looking for. Uh, and then the last line is so important because it goes back to the argument of the First Amendment here, which this was written well before the First Amendment. But there are virtuous and candid men in all, he said, sex, denominations, right? And, and there are also vicious men and bigots in all denominations. The reason that this is important, folks, is because this First Amendment, you know, it, it wasn't, we're not bringing up Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, atheism, that was never the deal. The First Amendment was written to keep separate the denominations. And and you see here, he's talking about this. He's like, look, if we follow Christ, that's all that matters. And I'm talking to people that follow Christ. And, and we have a responsibility here to resist evil. And so we do today, folks. We do today. We have a responsibility, as John Jay said, to elect Christian leaders, and we have a responsibility to absolutely resist the government when they go directly against God. And, and we've forgotten that. Um, or maybe we don't like to talk about it because it's hard. Um, and we have a responsibility that applies to our friends and family that choose to go that way, too. So phenomenal sermon. If you get a chance, you can find it online. Uh, it's a great sermon. So. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me, folks.
for this little walk down our road. And I, I look forward to these talks each day very much. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We will talk to y'all again real soon.